Thursday, February 16th, 2023, Monaco 64, home of alternative economics and contrarian views. Today we're going to look at a, a very important question that many of you have and uh, has been asked many times in the past. And that's whether the government can come after your gold and your silver as well. So we're going to focus on the UK and a little bit on the US as well. Uh, I think uh, the UK is, is an interesting uh, situation. Uh, before I do that, uh, I'd like to uh, let you know that uh, I did an interview with London Paul from the Sirius uh, Report. Uh, I published it last night. And uh, it's about the BOJ uh, and also the whole financial system, how everything is so crazy. Uh, I highly recommend it. It's an hour long, but I, I think uh, Paul is a great uh, analyst, uh, not just economic, but geopolitical uh, analyst. Uh, yesterday, though, we just focused on the economics and the markets, and uh, he... Uh, has some really interesting uh, information about the JGB market, which I thought was quite outrageous. So I'm going to put it up uh, in the cards, a link to it, and also below in the description if you haven't seen the uh, interview yet. So, of course, uh, as we have seen in the last uh, three years, anything is possible. The globalists, uh, in my opinion, uh, the people in charge... Because, yes, there are people in charge behind the scenes, in my opinion. Uh, we are told that we have democratic and representative government. But uh, I beg to differ. Uh, yes, they they could uh, do anything. They could come after any anything you have, really. Uh, all they need to do is give a good excuse and the general public will accept it. Uh, some kind of threat. So yes, they could come after uh, your gold and silver. My view has been, though, that um, the way the uh, gold and silver market are kind of uh, managed, <laughs> or if you want to call it manipulated, it puts a lot of people off from uh, actually acquiring physical gold and silver. And why is that? Well, because of the volatility. That's how they do it. And one might say, well, if they manipulated the market, how come gold has gone from $35 to like 2000 recently? Well, yeah, it's all to do with the volatility. It scares people off. I have had many people in the past um, ask me, um, yeah, should I buy gold? And I would say, yes, it's a very good long-term insurance. It's a very good... Uh, yeah, it's been around for thousands, thousands of years and it maintains its value, uh, unlike our currencies. And, and then the answer I get, yeah, but it's too volatile. It's too risky. And they don't understand the part that it ha doesn't have any counterparty risk. But I would say case in point has been the last few weeks where gold had been gradually uh, trading higher. It, it wasn't anything special. It was just like, moving up and up in dollars and, and, and sterling, in euros. And then all of a sudden it turned around, lost $100 in a day, and it's been hammered 
quite quite uh, sharply, and that puts people off. And why would the uh, powers that be, the bullion banks, the central banks, and the treasuries of the world, want to do that, especially the U.S. and the U.K.? Well, because they're fighting a battle to keep people in this fiat currency system because they basically lost control of inflation and uh, they can't really afford to raise rates too much. So they have to tinker with the CPI data. They have to uh, intervene in the bond market like uh, you will uh, listen uh, Paul talk about in my interview from yesterday. They will intervene in, in the gold market. And how do they do that? Well, the Bank of England holds about 5,000 tons. <laughs> of course, uh, only 300 of those are uh, really UK reserves. But what they will do is they will lease a lot of that gold out to the bullion banks. And uh, many times over, they rehypothecate. So they will go into the uh, LBMA, to the paper market, and... Uh, because it's traded like a foreign exchange, and, and they'll sell many, many tons. Uh, that gold, of course, will never change hands, and that affects the futures price and everything, and that's how they do it. So some who have been buying gold uh, three weeks ago uh, is now uh, not very happy because he's seen he or she has seen gold drop very sharply. So... Why am I going over this? We're supposed to talk about gold confiscation. Well, because I think that's how uh, they discourage people from having gold. And uh, in the UK, uh, we're going to look, though, at, at uh, when there were controls and how much gold people could have, that it actually came out at something different. But uh, generally, that's why they would want your gold and silver, is if uh, they had to do some kind of rearrangements or reset of the whole system they wouldn't want you holding a lot of the gold they would want the governments holding a lot of gold and that's what happened in 1933 in the united states with the executive order 6102 uh, which was signed by fdr of course on april 5th 1933 so it made the ownership of uh, bullion or monetary gold illegal and uh, it said that you had to hand in uh, your gold over a certain amount to your local Federal Reserve branch. And I think uh, it worked well for the government, <laughs> not very well for the people who handed it in. Uh, I don't think uh, people handed all their gold in. I think uh, SD Bullion has done an interesting video about that. I think a quarter of all the gold was handed in. And that, what that allowed the uh, U.S. government to do once they suspended this uh, gold standard domestically was on January uh, of 1934 to revalue the price of gold from $20.67 uh, an ounce, the troy ounce, to 35 And that gave them a huge profit. That increased their gold reserves, uh, the value of their gold reserves, and actually, that led to a boom in mining as well because it became very profitable for mining companies. Um, of course, I'm not saying uh, that you should go to out and buy miners right now, but that could be one of the consequences uh, of it. So that happened in the U.S. and that was um, the law for like 
uh, 40, 42 years, uh, because in 19, January 1st, 1975, Americans could own gold again. Uh, and uh, the Treasury and the State Department were actually in contact with uh, the bullion market in London because they were concerned that Americans would start buying a lot of physical gold. And in this WikiLeaks uh, document here, it even says that uh, the futures market should uh, create a, lo- a lot of volatility in the market and discourage people from actually hoarding too much gold. So they even mentioned that in, in that uh, in that document. Uh, uh, it was communications between, I think, the State Department and the bullion dealers in London and the U.S. Treasury, as you can see here. So silver, of course, in the U.S. has never been uh, confiscated. But in the U.K., it's slightly different. And uh, I'm going to reference a, a book that I uh, bought many years ago. And I bought it, I think, from Peter Morris uh, in Bromley, Coins and Dealer, uh, Coins and Metals uh, Dealer, the, the Sovereign, the World's Most Famous Coin, a History and Price Guide. So there you go. Uh, I uh, found it. You can get this on Amazon. I think it goes for 28 pounds, as you can see. Uh, so you can buy this uh, book. It's a really good book. It's all about the history of the sovereign. And uh, it also has uh, a list of all the sovereigns that have been minted. I guess it's not up to date. As you can see here, for example, they, they give you all the dates and uh, all the ones that are rare and uh, that are worth more. And these are old prices, but you can like uh, see which ones are worth more because of the prices. Uh, yeah, so I think, uh, let's see what year it goes to. Uh, 2000. But it, it's a very, very interesting book. And uh, I've referenced this book because they talk about um, controls that they've had on gold. So here uh, on page 46, they talk about the end of the gold standard uh, in 1914 and how the European countries and the UK try to keep uh, some kind of semblance of the gold standard uh, from uh, the end of World War One up until 1931 when the, the UK actually... Uh, suspended the gold standard apparently temporarily <laughs> that's what they say uh, they did but uh eventually uh, they gave up on it on the gold standard and uh throughout this period though it was free to buy and sell sovereigns commercially uh and the sovereign of course remains legal tender <laughs> and it is still today um and uh, what was happening in the uh, 50s and 60s, though, was that uh, you could get a lot more uh, for your gold in countries like France and other countries in Europe. So people would ex- export their gold sovereigns uh, to get more. So the, uh, the government passed the Exchange Control Act. So this was nothing about stopping people having buying sovereigns in the UK, but stopping them from... Um, Exporting, because it says here, for example, in 1947, the sovereign at home was worth about 50 shillings, 
But on the French uh, black market, it traded at 100 shillings. And the following year, it actually rose to uh, rose as high as 128 shillings. So why was that discrepancy? Well, I think it's because the uh, UK uh, gold gold market was being kept artificially low, the price. And in, in France, they had a black market. So that, that's why they put the Exchange Control Act. And, and then they talk about uh, a metal or a gold coin craze that happened in the 60s when a, a Pacific uh, Polynesian kingdom of Tonga started issuing uh, gold coins for circulation. And they became very popular and, and people started buying uh, coins from abroad. They also talk about uh, also the Isle of Man was doing that. And then uh, that that led to a craze in uh, collect, collecting these uh, coins from abroad. And uh, the Labour government in 1966 didn't like that because a lot of uh, the capital was flowing abroad, a lot of sterling, and they had a lot of exchange controls back then. So that was the reason why they uh, put the exchange control order. This is different from the Exchange Control Act, which was for exports. So what I'm going to do uh, now is go through this and uh, and then give you my conclusion uh, whether this could happen again, <laughs> seeing that there is a possibility we could have a new Labour government. And it seems like it's always the Labour government that put these restrictions, uh, not the uh, Conservatives. They, they've come in uh, in the past and lifted them. So it says here the the issues the issue of sets of gold medals pro- proliferated and culminated with the launch of an ambitious series planned in 1966 to portray the prime ministers of Britain since Walpole. Yeah, this is the issue of all these foreign collectors of medals and coins. Suddenly, the Labour government pricked the gold bubble by introducing the exchange control, Gold Coins Exemption Order 1966, the object of the order which came into effect on uh, 27th of April that year was to prevent the loss of currency reserves caused by the import of gold coins and metals from abroad and to eliminate the hoarding of gold by speculators as opposed to genuine coin collectors who nevertheless were now to be subject to strict control. So up until 1966, uh, there wasn't a, a problem uh, having, buying, selling uh, gold in the UK, uh, of course, unless you exported it. Um, so I'm going to skip the whole thing. It gives you the uh, important part here. Uh, and go to uh, this part here. It says, A few collectors were caught breaking the law and prosecuted, their collections being confiscated. Undoubtedly, many more flouted the law and continued to hold on to their hoard of sovereigns without being able to buy or sell further. So what that meant is that, yes, they didn't come after your uh, sovereigns, but if you sold them officially and you sold a lot more than you should have had, you would have been in trouble um, because of this exchange control order. Uh, the main effect of this piece of legislation was to undermine the position of London as the center 
of the world coin market. Gold trading fled abroad and flourished as never before in the European countries, free from such restrictions to the detriment of the traditional British market. Uh, and it says, sanity returned to the sovereign market in 1973 when the conservative government rescinded the 1966 order. For a short time, collectors were allowed to buy and sell gold coins at will. 1974, however, following the return of the Labour government, a modified version of the order was reimposed. This too was abolished after conservatives were returned to power in 1979. So there you go. That's that's what really happened in the UK. So what about silver? I, I, I forgot to uh, talk about silver because it was also affected by this exchange control order. So it says here, furthermore, holdings of silver coins minted after 1919 uh, between 1816 and 1819 and before 1816, as well as base metals before 1860, had to be disclosed. The object uh, was apparently to prove to the satisfaction of the Treasury the genuineness of a collector's numismatic uh, interests. But the very bureaucracy and official prying into the affairs of private individual of the private individual was regarded as sinister and many gave up collecting sovereigns at this time rather than submit to such inquisition. So they included the silver as well. I don't think they, <laughs> they're they uh, competent enough to, to uh, police everyone, all the stackers in the UK. How likely do, you, do I think uh, they are to impose these orders and controls again? But... I don't think it should stop you. At least it hasn't stopped me from trying to protect my savings. If I had uh, always worried about confiscation, I would have never had uh, started uh, acquiring gold and silver uh, back in 2002. But as I've said before, anything's possible. So with that, let's quickly look at where the markets are this morning. It's 8.38 a.m. London time. Uh, we've got spot gold at 1840. That's up about, uh, four dollars. Uh, high's been 45 and the low's been, uh, just, uh, above 30. It's been 1831. Silver's up four cents at 2165. High's been 83. The low is 57. The stock market indices are virtually unchanged, so I won't go through them. Uh, to the currencies, sterling is up about, uh, 0.1 of a percent at 120.50. Uh, the the euro is up 0.2 at 107.08. Uh, the dollar is down a quarter of a percent versus the yen at 133.82, and the dollar is unchanged versus the yuan at 686.30. Aussie dollar is up a quarter of a percent, 69.20. The uh, dollar is down an eighth of a percent versus the Canadian dollar at 133.76. And the Kiwi dollar is up a quarter of a percent at 62.95. To the general commodities, uh, platinum uh, is unchanged, trading around 9.20. Uh, WTI crude is up uh, 0.4 at 79.08. Uh, Brent is up a, a quarter of a percent at 85.33. High-grade copper is up 1.4% at 408. 
We're going to finish uh, with the bond market. Uh, we're going to check. We're going to finish with the bond markets. We're going to check the uh, U.S. Treasury uh, market. The 10-year yield is down two basis points at uh, 378. We're going to check the gilt market, which uh, kind of had a relief rally yesterday. I told you that I thought that the yields would pick up again by the end of the day. They did pick up a bit. Right now, the two-year is unchanged at 3.76. I think we went down to 3.66 yesterday. Uh, Recently, I think uh, back on Tuesday, it made a high above 3.80. So uh, not out of the woods uh, yet, (laughs) Uh, the gilt market. The 10-year is up two basis points at 3.50. And the 30-year is up uh, three as well at 3.90. Japanese market still fairly steady. They're <laughs> capping that uh, 10-year yield at 0.5 right now. I think the last uh, traded was 0.497, and the high has been 0.502. So with that, I'm going to wish you all a very good day. Take care. Bye.